Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. You look nervous. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Slowly let go of me, I think you're brutal my neck me. That is why the warriors have come! I'll be back to have vengeance! Throw me a freaking bone here! Martini, shaken, not stirred. The force will be with you always. Avengers, assemble in the red corner. Standing six foot two inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds. Is the Eclectic Collective. Welcome, everybody. We are in the inner sanctum of the Wanna Beatles. Yes! <laughs> we are the Eclectic Collective. I'm Matt. I'm Micah. I'm Jim. And I am just geeking out in this studio. I know Jim is salivating. Welcome to their little. underground lair. This is where it all happens to honor the great band, The Beatles. How are you feeling, guys? I'm good. We've already got some good stories. I know there's, they're excited to be, uh, you know, to share the legends of, you know, music that have changed pop and rock music. Can we eat first? No. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to provide, I, you know, if you can tell, I'm always down for We're food. always down for food. Um, but first, we're going to get into the, you know, get to know Wanna Beatles. So I'm, I'm going to hand it over to Jim so we can get to know each one so of So let's okay. go down one by one. I want you guys to introduce yourself and tell us what instruments you play. I am Nathan Burbank, and I play keyboards and bass. And bass. Yeah, I see that Hofner bass over there. I'll play it before I leave. Mm -hmm. It's a rental. It's a rental. (laughs) (laughs) And it's $25 a minute to play that. (laughs) And sitting next to him, I am Brian Cumming, and I play guitar and some horns. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. David Toledo, I'm the drummer, and every once in a while they'll let me come out of the drums and and, and play the guitar. On and a what song about that left hand? Yeah, the left hand keyboard. Oh yeah, yeah. while he's playing drums. And, but I don't get a raise for it. So no, no, no. <laughs> same rate, same, same rate, rate, same rate. rate. <laughs> and I am Dennis Scott. And what can I say about myself that hasn't already been sent by way of an in- insult? <laughs> I am the short one, and I play a guitar synth, which sounds like many different instruments, so that we can accomplish some of the Beatles repertoire. Oh, okay. nice! All right, okay. yeah. And just looking at uh, looking around, we've uh, me and Micah got to a little tour. We could tell yes. that you are a fanboy, which makes us, you know, feel very welcome in this place because we are fanboys of many different things. But not only in you know the geeky world, but the music world. And we you know we follow uh, we have followed Beatles all our life, and we followed the Wanna Beatles oh, for yes. almost a decade now, so oh you know, yeah. we are huge fans. Right off the cliff. Follow us right down the cliff. <laughs> all right. Sweet. We do have plenty of stories to tell, and it really did start with a love of Beatles music, but I want Dennis in particular to remember this telltale night where we played at 
uh, Leapers Fork, uh, Puckett's Grocery in uh, Leapers Fork. And there was a contest where we had a little, <laughs> like, five-year-old girl come on the stage. Okay. Uh, can you explain that? And this oh. really showed us what was going on in the reality of, of, the, of Beatles music okay. and, and right. us. Well, you tell it very well, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot. So we were trying to get the audience engaged, and we were having a, what is it, a little trivia co- contest? Yeah. And we were going to give out a, a bumper sticker or a T-shirt, and we said... Uh, <laughs> so, so we got a little girl to come up on stage mm-hmm. to answer questions. Yes, and the question was... Can you name the Beatles? And she said... She looked at us. She looked at, she looked at every one of us. And I said, Nathan, Brian, James, and Dennis. And the house came down, man. That was awesome. And we she, were not ready for that. And, and Dennis no. just did this kind of this face. He's just like, you uh, on. You hear, no. Here's your sticker, you know? <laughs> What do you do? Award that, man. I mean, what do you do after that? You know. I said you had me at Dennis. I'm going to ask another question, but I'm going to draw some inspiration from the Beatles. How did you all come together? (laughs) That's another story, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, there is a place we were playing before we became a group that played Beatles songs. Okay. And, but we came to view it as our cavern club. There were so many ways <laughs> okay. that we just, yeah, okay. we related to what the Beatles were and what they did. Yeah. And so we identified with the stages of their career. You know, yeah. In fact, we also noticed how we performed the functions of George Martin and Brian Epstein within the four of us. Okay. And uh, that was very helpful. But uh, before we were named the Wanna Beatles, we were playing for several months at this restaurant and rehearsing those songs and learning them and, and really developing fans. And I think Dennis th- thought that the best way to get a name is to have a contest for, like, name the band. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, there, it yeah. goes, let's go back to but, the but very But you have to tell the story of the manager. Yeah. Well, the important thing is that the restaurant was a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. He's okay. not kidding. <laughs> and we really weren't hired to do Beatles songs. We were just playing yeah. background music and things that we liked. And I was, I was was waiting for a salsa music song a story to no, come out no, of this no, but, we, okay no. go ahead go no, ahead no. so we were about we you know i love the beatles so i said hey let's play a couple beatles songs and everybody else loved the beatles so we started doing that uh just on a whim and we started to get a reaction from people and more importantly we enjoyed doing it so yeah. it occurred to me well why can't we do this more often and i went to the manager of the mexican restaurant and said Hey, how about having a Beatles night? And he okay. said, "See, si, see, si, Beatles and fajitas." <laughs> oh, and that's man. how it began. That, yeah. that is an incredible story. Yeah, but the thing that's amazing Beatles about that. Fast forward a year. Okay. And you know, it started getting to the point pretty quickly where every time we would play there, the place was packed. So okay, that's nice, you know. That's it. But this is a small place; no big deal, you know. Then we do the Crockett concert about a year later. Okay. And up to that point, outside of the 4th of July celebration, which is, you know, the fireworks and whatnot, yeah, this tremendous, it was the largest crowd they ever had in that concert series up mm-hmm. to that point. Mm-hmm. We're talking thousands. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of a sudden, it's like we're looking at each other like, okay, what just happened? <laughs> and it was, and, and it went, in my mind, it was like, okay, we're in, we're in Brentwood. The restaurant was in Brentwood. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is our base. Okay. The, all these people have come at one time or another throughout the course of a year. Yeah. They've seen us here, and now all of a sudden we're playing this 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 festival that they all love. Yeah. Boom. 
and it was like an amazing moment, you know, for us. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. It's incredible. That's one of the better origin stories I've ever heard. Man. That is, that's incredible. <laughs> There's another moment uh, I remember, which was that we were hired to be a Beatles band for a dance studio. Okay. And, and all these girls were uh, learning choreography that fit Beatles yeah. songs. Okay. And it was taking place at TPAC of all mm-hmm. places, and they had a set that looked like the Hullabaloo stage or oh, wow. Sullivan stage. Okay. And so we're on these little platforms in different levels and the drums are elevated and we start singing I Want to Hold Your Hand and 400 girls come racing down the house screaming <laughs> oh, wow. yelling at the top of their, of their lungs. lungs. Oh, wow. And, I, and we couldn't, I mean, like, yeah. we could not hear ourselves. We could not hear like, ourselves. Yeah. This is what it must have been like for the Beatles. All yeah. the time. Oh, all, wow. the time. all the time. It was a big rush. Yeah, That's awesome. It was. It was. That right. sounds cool. So take us back in your lives, man. Um, when did, let's, let's go back in time when y'all first discovered the Beatles and talk about, you know, your, fa- I mean, what, um, your uh, love of the Beatles or when did you get started you know, yeah. what was the first time you discovered yeah, it? Let's Nathan, start there. Nathan, tell us when you first discovered the Beatles. Well, oh, I <laughs> guess there's a story there. No, not really. Um, I was older. The, pretty much the whole Beatle thing had happened already. I think Abbey Road was already out. And um, I can remember going down and playing uh, the game of life. I don't know if anybody remembers. Oh yeah, game where you, of course. You yeah. get married and you have children and you go around this little board. But we, but they had the Abbey Road album over at my friend's. <laughs> run away! Run away! <laughs> run away! <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my first memory. And so, of how old were you? Oh, I'm thinking I was like uh, eleven. Yeah, and her okay. Abbey Road. Yeah, and that really impressed you. you David has that. a good memory of his first Beatle experience. Well, I, I I had only been in the country, let's see, three years. And, and from what country would that be? Yes, uh, what country? I, I, I was Cuban born. We fled the revolution. Uh, I came over in '67, and so we, my father was a pastor, Methodist pastor. Okay. So we, my father, we did two years in Miami, and then we he got uh, transferred to Key West, which is the southernmost point. Mm-hmm. We were down there, and my distant cousin were fanatics of, of this was 1970 so okay. they were I mean I walked into my cousin's house he was older than me like by 10 or 15 years and I see all this paraphernalia on the wall and I said what, 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 what the, the, the Beatles the Beatles <laughs> what, 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 what is what is what is what? And, and then he played Revolution for me yeah and dude, <laughs> it was like oh, revolution in my head. It was awesome, and oh, and then wow. a, and then he played the whole Sergeant Pepper for me. Yeah, and wow, that's guys, awesome, Dennis. Guys. What about you? Well, here's what I remember. I remember being, I think, in the fifth grade, and it was that point where the Beatles were out and making such a splash, and all the girls were into the Beatles, and I was somehow the boys had this little. Uh, knee-jerk reaction to it. They said, "Well, oh, we, we think they're stupid," and you know, and so I, I kind of fell into that. Like, how come you girls like this? And then I went to see Hard Day's Night, and I said, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is cool." Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was, um, I think I was eight or nine years old, and my mother introduced me to the movie Help. Same here. And mm-hmm. I, yep. I probably played that movie. 
gosh, I don't know how many times yeah. I played it mm-hmm. over. I think we w- broke the. It was we actually had a copy. This will take us back. Uh, we had a copy that wasn't even VHS. It was Betamax. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, we. I think we. School. Yeah, I think we broke the tape. We played it so much. <laughs> I tell you, uh, the, the the song that won me over to the Beatles was "You've Got to Hide Your Love Away." In help and the and yeah. the and you know not only are they like sitting around on the couches and they're yeah. playing for that girl yeah but what won me over was the last part i guess it was yeah. a flute part yeah, yeah. that yeah. i was like i yeah. love that sound yeah. and then when i went and lo- listened to uh beatles music and they have all these individual great sounds sure you know like new sounds especially yeah. when you get to like the sergeant peppers yeah. era yeah. there's just all these new things that they're bringing uh, and i'm like yeah, yeah, this this group Brian, you should been. grab your flute and re- help him relive his childhood. Yes, we got it. We got it. So I'm I'm assuming everybody's probably got a diff, maybe a different answer to this, but favorite Beatles song to play. Oh gosh. Oh, playing. No, there's is. there's playing and then there's listening to. Yeah, I don't know what to tell okay. you. Okay. Well, and mine is change. you've got to hide your love away. So. Yeah. 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 Oh man, I don't know if I can do that. You don't know if you can? It's just so many of There's, them. I know. It's a lot. I mean, I it's fun for me to... I have, Being that I have a Latin background, uh-huh. I enjoy doing um, <clears throat> I Feel Fine because it's got that half of this tune. That it's, okay. It's like, a, it's like an interesting watered-down version of a Latin groove, but it's it's still not easy. You know? yes. It's not an easy thing, thing to do. Right. The night before, you kind of have The night before, it, yes. That's another yes, that's a fun one. excitement in yeah. the bridge. Yeah, but uh, I mean... You know, I love singing them. I love singing yeah. Them, yeah. the Beatles stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. one of them that stands out for great. me is "Drive My Car." And then, oh, okay. yeah, that's yeah. a great one. That is a great yeah. one. It's got so much energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just really, it once does. we learned it, yeah. it does. Yeah, I, I kind of like "Can't Buy Me Love." It just every that was time mine. we play it, it always feels fresh and new yeah. and just energizing. That was my yeah. favorite. That was the that was the first song that hooked me on the Beatles. Now the me movie, too. the help, you know, and it introduced me to them, and I loved it. But you know, "Can't Buy Me Love" is what really hooked me, and then I just started. Have you gone back to watch "Hard Day's Night"? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. Well, you know, uh, the song "Help" to me was yeah. like one of their most. Like I don't know how to say it, but like one of their most like rock songs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. When you, yeah. Mm-hmm. when you think about it, like help, I need yeah. someone yeah. to yeah. help. Yeah. And then yeah. like you know, yeah. and to and to it. pull it off, and to you know, four guys yeah. to play mm-hmm. it and sing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's the thing. That's that's the fun challenge for me personally. It's right. just okay. Can we, we got to play? But yeah, you got to do that. But then now you got to deliver the vocals. Right, right. And it right. just keeps you sharp because you're forced to. It's kind of like lifting heavy weights all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So Nathan, you think you're going to hide from me over there, but you're not going. No, to, don't let so. him. Well, I was going <laughs> to tell you, you're all on the camera here, so don't think you're going to hide. Don't let him. Being do it. a keyboard player, I love playing Lady Madonna. Oh, oh good okay. one, good that one. Meryl House one. piano. He chills that yeah. man. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I love it when you play um, the piano part and the, 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 the Rocky oh, Raccoon. The Rocky yeah, Raccoon. You yeah, he kill nails that, this man. Thing. You kill oh, it. It's God. awesome. Yeah, it's fun. awesome. Yes, part of what we do is dive into the music so in such detail, and okay. um, and David is especially qualified and oriented toward you know extracting details. And now that we've added video to our show, it, we had the challenge of coordinating exactly beat by beat with the Beatles performance on Ed Sullivan. Oh, okay. And David went to the trouble to extract a moving So you're uh, you're putting grip. choreography into this now kind of. So. Well, it's just uh, coordinating and synchronizing yeah. exactly and and in the process. And David would come back with his report and say, "You know, 
the way they I mean like they're patting their feet at inexact times you know but they're playing together and yeah, yeah. And, but, but little things so much force and they're they're shifting tempo together you yes know, but yeah. it's very powerful I mean and, and the, the transitions but how the, polished they were yeah and the thing that we are impressed with is how tight they were I mean they really played what they played very well and they played it very tightly and um, you know they were known as you know it was Beatlemania it was excitement all these girls were screaming and that's yeah. not typical of good musicianship but when you study the performance you realize it wasn't just a fluke it wasn't just excitement it was some guys who really knew what they were doing they were totally happy well, one thing, they, yeah, one thing totally that I read happened. about Ringo because I think in, in the modern era Ringo uh, kind of gets overlooked a little bit and I've always yeah. read that the man was a human metronome when it came to time, I don't know. You may have a different story, but the studies and well, the reading I've done on him, he was, he he was so. I mean, he was such. Uh, he was so on time that they literally could mix like piece up pieces well, he, of what he could yeah, do, but, and but it would still the, fall in time. But since I've done what he what he's yeah. talking about, where I, yeah. I've gone in there with the with the microscope. I think this makes them more exciting. Okay, so this yes. I'm, I'm actually giving them a compliment. So don't take this the wrong way. Yeah, their tempo does not stay constant. As okay. a matter of fact, you'll note like a lot of times Ringo like going like on help. Yes, going into the help me if you can. Where well, he does that fill. Yeah, mm-hmm. he pushes that. Yes, and, and and consistently I've noticed that, that that rushing into the choruses they they push going in and they always played on top of the beat. But they were pushing and pulling together as a group. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. think they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Right. You could argue now nah, they just didn't have that kind of level of. But who upper. knows if they had worked that now, out together? I, I let's suspect, push this time and let's push. I suspect let's that pull they back what, on this one. No, they, I, my my theory is that they knew that they were doing that because they did it consistently, going into typically into a chorus. Okay. Yeah. So to lift you up and to yeah. take you into an even higher, and they did play on top of the groove, which for me, being a Latin drummer coming from that background. Yeah. 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 It's just it's right in my it's in my vocabulary, yes. and I feel like when they do, I feel fine. It's pushing. That's where you get that energy, and you're like oh, constantly yeah. feel like you're on the edge of a. Oh like, yeah. It's, it's well, for me for a performer top. for me for a performer, we would always find ourselves as a group pushing whenever we got that feedback from the crowd. When the, when you have a, yeah. a real good crowd in front of right. you, energy. right? Man, yeah. you feed off that energy. So. The guy that would blow me away, though, I know going back to what you were saying, I, I have to say this because I want to give credit to him. George Harrison, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that dude. Like, if you slow down that video of Ed Sullivan, <laughs> yes. you know the thing, the thing that blows me about him. <laughs> the thing that blows me away about him is if you watch him, how he controls his instrument. He he, the lines, the dynamics. He does this little in, uh, interlude line. It pops out. It comes back in. It's like the guy seamless, absolute mastery control of his dynamics. Yes. Like, and you don't even notice it. You're standing there and you're watching this thing yeah. and you're going. So, like one, I would recommend to the listeners just one day, put on Ed Sullivan mm-hmm. and just put your eye on on George and don't budge from it. Oh yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. what his hands does. You know, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, it really is beautiful. It's and it's amazing to me how easy he makes it look. Yeah. It's when not it's for really us. not. No. Yeah. You know, like on the Ed Sullivan show, yeah. like I watched every single one, all, all the the songs. You know, they changed you know camera angles and mm-hmm. everything. But you know, George just like the rest of his body is trying to be TV presence like. Yes. But then his hands are just doing something to make the music amazing. And he's and looking up at the camera. And yeah, looking at yeah. the camera. He, but his hands, yeah. his hands are, and guitar are doing one thing. It's like they're a separate 
thing, and then the rest of his body is trying to. They just make it look so easy. It's incredible. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. I Absolutely. have a I have a question. It's not on mm-hmm. the topic sheet, but I have to. Uh, I want to ask uh, just out of curiosity, and if it offends you, it really doesn't matter because we're live anyway, so it's going to be asked. Um, <laughs> Is do each of y'all relate to one of the Beatles in this band? Like, uh, you know, seeing other uh, Beatles group, uh, you know, groups in the past. There are other Beatles groups. <laughs> there are none as good as the Wanna Beatles. Though I'm here to tell you. I am here to tell you. I, I, I know. But do each of y'all like relate to one of the Beatles in the group, or do you think that you take something from each of the Beatles to present? in the wanna beetles does that make sense for me spiritually i i always there's a vibe about harrison i just thought he was humble all the time and he didn't naturally gravitate to the insanity of what was going on and how does that relate to you there's no (laughs) that's true it it inspires it inspires because i certainly can't do that but but something about him that was that was he, he, sometimes I'll see the pictures of him and I'd think like man he just didn't look like he was totally comfortable mm-hmm. with the insanity yeah, of the whole yeah, thing Definitely. and then later when he would talk you know you know what we, what we were doing lads it was just basically simple you know mm-hmm. I mean he's just so you know, down to earth down to earth yeah. I, I just maybe I'm wrong I could be completely wrong I totally get that like when you when you think of the Beatles and then the eras they were in and the drugs and the crazy. madness and then you can hear it in some of the lyrics that mm-hmm. they've written yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but you know George was you know on the music side and he would have some songs in there too but and, you know they didn't you know quite fit some of the things that they were doing at that time exactly. so I, I totally and he understand. was the youngest one too right I think he was. I think so. Yes. Yeah. He was like I don't know that I've ever looked at their ages. Yeah, I never looked at their ages either. Ringo How about y'all? Guys. Do y'all relate to <laughs> one of the Beatles, or do you channel all of them in your performance? <laughs> yeah. I happen to enjoy trying to emulate the sound of whoever's song I'm singing. So if it's a John song, I'll try to get a little of that yeah. going, and then. Not trying to do impersonation, just we and we joke about it. I'm yeah. channeling the spirit of John Lennon, yeah. And, and Paul, you know, if I sing like Paul, maybe I think I'm as good looking as Paul, or at least a little taller we than I am. We just don't want you to channel Jimmy Stewart and, you know, <laughs> and everybody else in the middle of the song. <laughs> he does that, by the way. Yeah, that, 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 that happens every once in a while. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> so, have y'all? Do y'all cover any other groups? I believe in your live performance. I've seen y'all do some melodies, uh, like radio melody type stuff before. Yeah, that's yeah. A, a recently new part of our show, but we have definitely expanded. Yeah, I caught it in. Hen- wait, wait, I live in Hendersonville, and y'all played um, out there uh, the at the streets Lake, of Indian Lake. Yeah. And so yeah, you I, I probably mean, heard the. You were like two metric. seconds from my house, so I I, I knew it was going to be there. So. <laughs> yeah, you probably heard the sixty the summer of love. Medley. Yes. That's yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. So, what other what other bands? Uh, we'll talk about some of the other bands that y'all come on, Brian. Come on, monkeys. Nathan. Oh, you know one that I really enjoyed hey, in that monkeys is uh, the Association. I love that. that. I love we that. do a little bit of windy. Yeah, okay. that's so much fun. Nice. Yeah, we recognize Memphis by doing uh, the box tops. Uh, oh, okay. The, name, yeah. the letter. Yeah, and, um, yeah, a little bit of the Who. Yeah, I love, the who. Oh, yeah. love it. Oh, I love the Who. I can see for miles. Some yeah, great yeah, vocal yeah. parts. 
That's and so listen, cool. We don't, we're never quite as loud as the Who are. That's not possible. Just great music. We do Stevie. We do, we do oh, Stevie yeah. in the '69 medley. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we we, we mix it up. What's We've the? Even done a little bit of Brandy. The Stones. Brandy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Brandy. Oh, oh, Brandy. Yeah. Sugar. We do Sugar. Oh okay. Sugar. sugar. Da, 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 da. We love yeah. it. Yeah. That's a great song. Oh, it's an incredible That's, song. That's awesome. Have any of you guys ever met any? Actually, met any of the Beatles? Ta -da. Uh, Are we showing the age us. now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're showing the age. <laughs> yes, this is Brian speaking. In the seventies, I was in New York and I was working for the comedian Martin Mull, who was making an album at the Record Plant, um, which you took me to like West Forty Fourth. Yeah, something like I didn't know, but you took me and, there, man. Uh, Martin Mull was a very uh, uh, brave guy to go meet whoever there is to meet. And John Lennon was recording in another studio at the record plant. Oh, okay. Said, God. Hey, yeah. come on, let's go up and meet John. And then oh in the mid-70s, John was not yeah. as famous as he had been in the Beatles. You know, he was just a New York creative dude, you know, okay. just another right. guy. And same thing with McCartney. When he came to Nashville, it was not that big a deal. When he, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was just a matter of It's just Paul McCartney. His, I mean, no. I mean, yeah, right? No big deal. <laughs> well, uh, really, his reputation has grown as the oh, years yeah. have gone by. Yeah. But anyway, uh, John was recording, and, and Martin was famous enough to earn the instant access to the studio. And, just, and it was those days when you could just kind of yeah. walk in and you said, Hi, John. This is my, you know, I just got to shake hands, you know, and yeah, I was yeah, yeah. aware yeah. of being nervous, like, hey, hey, I don't want to do anything. You, know, <laughs> you got to shake hands, and you're sitting over there going, like, dude, what are you talking about? You got to shake hands with him. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah. I'm sure I would freeze. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, right. I would. You got it. You got it. I would just been like, exactly. I on your behalf. I don't yeah. even know I could speak English at that yeah. point. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. So it was. Uh, just a, a little encounter like that. Yeah. Part and that's the only amazing. one in this group? Yeah. yeah but, but we tried so hard with Paul. We tried. Yeah, we tried. Right. Oh we can God. say collectively that we've never met the Beatles together. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we have tried. And we came as close as I think we're ever going to get. We have the lapel button. Yes. We have the Grammy experience, having been within a few hundred feet of him. While oh, he was right. Oh, so wow. we were, we're, we were nominated story. for a Grammy for a spoken word album that we put together, which featured interviews of people talking about the Beatles and their experiences. And, it, and um, we had Louise Harrison, George Harrison's big sister, narrating it. Okay. Oh, and yeah. lo wow. and behold, it was nominated for a Grammy Award in the spoken word category. And we thought, we knew that Paul McCartney was going to be at the Grammys this year. So we yeah. said, this is it, boys. This is all <laughs> <our thing." laughs> It's all you get. <laughs> but, but how do you get to Paul McCartney? So we, uh, we wrote a song called We Want to Meet Paul. Okay. And we made a video of it, and we had this naive notion that somehow, oh, he'll get to see it, and he'll love it, and he'll want to meet us. And, uh, and uh, Another because, dream shatters. Hey, but it was a pretty cool, fun project. It really was. It yeah. really was. And, and if we get that video, we are totally going to post it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, it's we'll share it. So we have permission to share it oh, on the Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to find it. We're, we're going to really, start the movement fun. for the Wanna Beatles it's to meet really, Paul. It's a fun song. We want to meet Paul. Check it out. And we did it in, uh, didn't we do it in black and white sort of like a hard that was night. the original version of the song that was called before they were fair oh yeah you took that song and re 
rewrote the lyrics, and um, and you came up with these great words about Paul. Remember the yeah. second verse? Don't I don't mean the Paul who you uh, sing used. with art, yeah, uh, right? Yeah. Or uh, actor Paul, uh, oh, actor Paul who's who, who sauce beats, beats back, back the flab. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. We were on the floor when we came up with that one. We were like uh, cracking up. Yeah. Oh, he was cracking party. up at it. Or uh, or a singer? Uh, no, the Paul Schaefer. Paul, uh, who uh, used to. Uh, There's a late night. Okay, whatever. Right. Paul Schaefer. We want someone who's fab. You know, yeah. Yeah, 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 we want yeah. someone who's fab. Yeah. yeah. Oh, check it out. Awesome. It's fun. It's fun song. And the oh, video, we're, we're the video is that. funny too. Was, the video is later today. We're going to start the movement for y'all. To check. Okay. Paul. Who, it Still. might not be too late. You know. <laughs> well, wait, no, we, hey. we, we can't leave it there. So after that happened, and we go to the Grammys, <laughs> we end up losing. To none other than Betty White. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. You lost to a golden girl? We yeah. did. Yes. So we check, inspired check us out. to check write this out. the Betty White song. <laughs> and we have a, a video, video for that, that. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and she did, you did send her a copy of it and she sent back. She heard it and she sent us back a photograph saying, love the song, so... That's awesome. That's that awesome. is great. Yeah. So you, we, we continue to perform the Oh Betty song, and every time we perform it, we have to change the lyrics about how old she is. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when we first wrote it, it, she was 90, and now 90. she's 95, and we have to go, at 95? Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> so you've kind of answered my next question, if you've ever, as a group, written original material together. So I guess that's a couple. Do you have any more out there, original songs oh, that y'all have written? Yeah, We're baby. glad you asked. <laughs> 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 We're laughing so because sweet. that's a continual debate and within the life of the group. We have an album. We have two albums okay. that we've done together. And it'd be nice if we, before we all leave this life, <laughs> yeah. if we could do a third one. Uh, we're talking about it. But okay. uh, the, the one that you want to talk about it? No, let oh. Nathan talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about Nathan. it, Nathan. Yeah. What happened? Oh, well, we, we do have an album. It's called We're Still Rockin'. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice album title. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, so we all got to use our writing chops here in Nashville, Tennessee. And yep. you even wrote a few songs on there. I did. So do you record in here? Yes. We did. All right. Yeah. And, and it can be had on uh, Spotify. Okay. And it can, uh, the Wanna Beatles, movie. We're Still Rocking. Okay. And uh, on Spotify and Apple Music. Okay. Sure, right. iTunes. Yeah. iTunes. Nice. All right. Yeah, Check that out. And we do have a few videos that go with some of the songs on that record. Okay. Including Bristol, Bristol Lights. Lights. Bristol that, Lights, yeah. That Nathan wrote for his hometown, Bristol, Vermont. Oh. oh. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Yes. And, and really, we kind of took a Beatles approach, and, and we wanted to make it more like Cinema Verite, you know, where he refers to the bandstand playing in the downtown. Well, it's not Square. a downtown. It's the center of town. Yep. Uh, and so a we square. hired some horn players. Nathan wrote out some horn parts to it, it simulate a, a, a little country town having their concert in the summertime. And okay. Oh, it's beautiful. It. And it I love beautiful. horns. If yeah, if You'll I, I got to hear some Oh, yeah, horns. it's cool. Um, have y'all ever thought about or tried to play somewhere the Beatles have played? That's expensive. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine it would be. That's a trip to the Cavern Club in England. and there's yeah. Or Atlanta Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. stadiums aside, I mean, you know. Right. 
um, well, we played we in New York. We were City. lucky to get the gig at the Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that. I know that all too well. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Wow. That's a good one. Oh, come on, the Mexican restaurant, Abbey Road. I mean, come on. What's the difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. Outside the Mex- Mexican restaurant, we'll paint some white lines and just pretend it's Abbey Road. We've done that's that great. too. We've we use done queso that. sauce too. Yeah, yeah. with queso. If you watch the We Want to Meet Paul video, uh-huh. I think we do the, the walk, don't we? Yeah, we yeah. found yeah. a place that had those walks in. And so we, oh, so it's funny, it's funny. That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. So uh, tell us about what's what's the future got planned for the Wanna Beatles right now? What's What are y'all, you know, road tour, world domination, what's they're, going they're on? They're building a, a really nice retirement home down the street from the house. <laughs> oh, oh, God. David's do, Cantina. Yes, David's yeah. Cantina. Appearing weekly, the one of you. See? 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 So learning Spanish see? in your future. Yeah. <laughs> por, fa- por favor. Por favor. Oh, no. You know, we really okay. love working at... Um, Restored movie houses. Yeah. Okay. We love the history of them. Theaters. We play at one that we've been there three times already in Clifton Forge, Virginia. Okay. Oh, and that's they cool. did an $8 million renovation of it. And it's the oh. same place that in 1910, Roy Rogers and his horse Trigger were on that stage in a vaudeville wow. show. Oh, oh wow. beautiful. Nice. It's, they did an awesome job. Yeah, so, that's amazing. That's and a pretty cool little, like, y'all could do a tour of that, like, restored. Well, yeah. we try. We, we do. Yeah. We try. We love those theaters. Which brings up a story. You said you Oh, here we go. We love what stories. Was it, three story. years ago, what was it two years ago, uh, when we were in Kentucky in the theater that was built pre-sound reinforcement days? Oh, remember? Virginia, Virginia, it, it was in the yeah. middle of winter. It was a massive snowstorm, and we got there. We're loading in in like you know six inches of snow, ten <laughs> inches, and so we start to play blah 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 blah, and we get to Lady Madonna right towards yep. the end of the concert. Yeah. He he starts to play Lady Madonna, and the lights go off. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So that's only the beginning of the fun. So at that point, uh, Dennis takes his electric guitar and starts to put it, and, and he his, he's down, but me and Brian, Brian, you're on the saxophone, and I'm on the drums. Who cares? Who cares about power? We're the power, right? So we keep playing, right? And we and it's one of those theaters where you can, the acoustics is good enough to where you can, you can hear the voice live. So we keep playing. We get two... Three quarters of the way down to the song, that the lights start to come back on. The power. Yeah. The power yeah. comes back on. And Dennis was like about to put the guitar down on the rack and pick up the acoustic. And the light turns back on and says, oops. He turns right back around, puts on the guitar, starts to play. His keyboard starts to boot up. And it takes a few seconds for that to happen. And right like that, bum, 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 bum. His keyboard comes in, the bass comes in. The house just... Just they just brought the house down. Oh wow! Because oh, wow. we didn't skip a beat. We just yeah. Kept, yeah. And then at the end of the at the end of that, I just stood up. I went, "We don't need no stinking power. We don't." And and then, but here's the the better part. Beyond that, later we we're playing. The lights finally go out. Okay. And once again, we don't stop. We just keep going. He was fortunately you had your acoustic, acoustic on. Yeah. So I just got off the drums. I jumped off the the uh, the stage. Went up to stand next to Dennis, and the three of us got together. We just went to the edge of the stage. We went to the edge of the stage, and just with him on guitar, we sang acoustically, and one guy, this is the part I'll never forget, one guy, because the lights were totally out, 
came with his iPhone and he turned on the lights and that was our lighting. Oh, wow. <laughs> and brought the house down. That is amazing. They man. loved it. That Don't you love awesome. those magical oh moments? Yes. Yes. That you just, you can't plan. But You can't yeah. plan that. No, you can't plan that. But it's moments like those that keep you going in oh, the business. Yeah. It's like, this is why. <laughs> exactly. It's because yeah. of this. It brought the house down. Well, and it makes a great story. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, now we know the Wanna Beatles. <clears throat> We're going to start a little discussion. You think you know the Wanna Beatles? <laughs> we know them better than I think than when we walked in the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just if, if if we wanted to, we could jump down the rabbit hole and just have discussions about stories because we love that stuff. We love oh, yeah. stories, man. Uh, but These we guys know. But we're going to get into. Um, the Beatles. We're going to talk. These might seem like routine, like discussion mm-hmm. questions, but we want to know your take on these things. Uh, so, you know, the people watching and listening uh, can know the fans because you are fans. Uh, that's why you're carrying on the music. So we want to know your take on your, some your of these things. Sure. On these things. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I'm going to let sure. Michael start it off. So one thing that I've always loved about the Beatles is the British invasion coming from Britain over to America and just revolutionizing almost the, the industry at the time. Oh, yeah. What do you think set them apart in that? Your opinions. Mm. There's so much. In the context of the British invasion. In the yes, British in the British invasion. invasion. Well, um, I think it's the quality and the quantity of the material. But there was also a kind of a charm and a, a kind of a magic about right. their performance that, that just created a level of excitement and popularity that, that no one could quite catch. You know, it just seemed like it was it was just Lighting a higher in a level. bottle. It was a higher level of energy and, and, and musical imagination, you yeah. know, really. Yeah. I mean, I've come to appreciate other British invasion groups more in the right. years since then, but still, the Beatles are kind of like the standard that no one can quite ex- exceed. You know, they're right. parts of the, the kinks or the zombies or the animals or the uh, hollies. You know, there are a lot of great groups that have a lot to offer, but... They only seem to offer one facet of the Beatles. You know, they just seem to do everything and go they, from being a great rock band to being an amazing, you know, kind of psychedelic, orchestrated, right. you know, imaginative, you know, recording artist thing. So in today's terms, they'd say they had the whole package. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just but summarize. I will have to. I have, I have to say, in addition to that, we cannot minimize the greatness and the importance of George Martin in that mix. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was a, he was a, a man who was a consummate musician, master arranger mm-hmm. from the classical world. Okay, yeah. And he then again was able to expose them and to take their ideas and orchestrate them. That's so true. Uh, no, I mean, for everyone at home, tell them who George Martin. George is. Martin was their <laughs> so. producer, uh, and but he was. In his own right, discovered them. Too. He discovered them. Correct. Uh, amazing. He, he was an amazing uh, arranger, orchestrator. Mm-hmm. When you listen to all the string stuff, all the arrangements, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. George Martin. Now, George Martin would have been the first guy to say, "No, I, I you know, it, I took their ideas and I, 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 you know, he's just being, he's being modest. Who, he, modest. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's genius. That man was genius, and he was a master player in his own right. I mean, there's an art to so, being a producer, man. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Because oh, you can take, and he nurtured that talent. Because you can take talent. You know? I mean, you have to have the talent, but then a producer can take that talent to another level. And Quincy Jones with Michael Jackson. Quincy Jones, oh great. Quincy example. Jones great. with great. Michael Jackson. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Amazing yeah. talent. Let no one. Let no one <laughs> dispute that. 
but Quincy Jones was already yeah. a long-standing and amazing one of the great yeah. jazz arrangers of the mm-hmm. 20th century. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Quincy really Jones as a composer, too, is I like, yeah. I have an album of just his instrumentals. Yeah. It's amazing. Right? He's, so yeah, there he's you have great. it. Yeah. And the other thing is that George Martin was very familiar with the recording process. Just technically, he understood about tape speed and, and helped them put together, you know, disparate versions of Strawberry Fields and stuff like that. And if you listen to, I mean, part of what made their records so great and really above the other British invasion groups is things like the experiments of a, a piano played at double speed because George Martin knew if you recorded at half speed, it would come back an octave higher and sound different. So he played that piano on um, In My Life. In My Life. In my yeah. life. And um, it came out unlike anything it, that had ever been heard before. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was partly not just his musicianship, but his yeah. technical understanding. Yeah, technical mastery on that process. level. And that's another way the Beatles innovated is in yeah. recording you know, process. There's, there's two other things that I always think of with the Beatles, and one is intelligence. They yeah. were writing from intelligence, and you would learn things, like if it's the Book of the Dead, you know, I mean, who who out there is writing songs from the Book of the Dead, yeah. which is Tomorrow, mm. never, tomorrow knows. never Knows, right? things like that. But the other thing was, the Beatles were never satisfied to just rehash something that they had had a success with. Like, I remember hearing... Reinvention? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember hearing Paul talk about... Um, uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes, how they put out that first album and how great it was. It's like, oh, really, really good. But they put out the second album and it was, you know, it just kind of sounded the same. And, and the Beatles were like, no, we got to get something new. We got to try something different. They were constantly looking for a new sound. Like the piccolo trumpet were, yeah. on, on Penny yeah. Lane. He went to a concert or something. Oh, he heard the Brandenburg Concerto. The Brandenburg, Box, Brandenburg right, Concerto. Yeah, right. And, 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 and he knew what he wanted it to play. And uh, I think George Martin wrote it out for it. Him. Correct. Yeah. And then, and then even to the point where they they started using the the Moog synthesizer towards the end. Yep. Yeah. Abbey so, Road. A- yeah. Abbey Road. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they were just always experimenting and trying new things. It's amazing. So, uh, tell us how vital the Ed Sullivan Show was to Beatles coming to America. We know that in London they're already made a name, but now they're coming over here. How vital was the Ed well, Sullivan Show? Let's turn show that one to over you? to our resident New Yorker. Well, I'd say the <laughs> it's very important to have them on the shoe. <laughs> the really big shoe. The really just, big shoe. What can I say? It's com- common knowledge that they, there was already this swell of enthusiasm. People were anticipating it. And then, what was it? Eight million people? 70 72 million. 70 million people yeah. viewed that show. And it was just the perfect storm. So do you think Ed's up, the Ed Sullivan show made them bigger because when they came over and were on the Ed Sullivan show I mean you could tell by all the women that were in the audience they already had a pretty big name oh well well, Capital had just recently launched I Want to Hold Your Hand and it had hit number one I think the week, yes. but right before that right and, and there are famous pictures of the Beatles getting the news about their single getting number one in America, and they're playing a two-week engagement in Paris, and yeah. they're, they're in their hotel room and throwing pillows at each other, and, <laughs> and they're just so excited about it, because that really is an accomplishment, yeah. the yeah. first British band to do that. But it's been news to me as a musician that the reason they were so tight on Ed Sullivan is because they had played those songs you know, the previous two weeks every single night in front of an adoring crowd in Paris. And in addition to the previous you know, years or before that. And even, right. and even mean, to the were, point when they transitioned, what was that one song? Was it She Loves You? Like, 
they, he, it, you, nobody notices this, but when I was working on the clicks for, and I had to slow everything down, I noticed this thing. They finished, oh, yeah. what was the song that came before She Loves You? Was it I Saw Her Standing There? I, I can't Okay, remember. one of those songs. Oh, anyway, yeah. so the know, girls are yelling, what? You hear, yeah. like everything is distorting, and you hear this little, it's just very little light. They're, they're bowing down, because I, ha I had the video in front of me, they're bowing down, and you hear Paul McCartney go, boom. He hits one little note. Mm-hmm. So that they could know their pitch, so that they could go. Da -da -da -da, she loves you, and everybody's on oh, pitch. Oh wow! Mm. They were. Dude, I don't think I've ever heard that. Dude, that's... when I caught that, I yeah. said, "These guys were so like, like, like Nathan says. That's smart. genius. Smart. That Very is genius. Smart. Yeah. Wow. And we learn from sure that. We, like when we do our medleys, and we. <clears throat> when we work yeah. out our medleys, yeah. we it it instructed us. We figure out yeah. okay, how can we transition? Dun, dun, dun. Like we'll go from I want to hold your hand into can't can buy me love. Yeah. yeah, and so we and we there's no count off. There's nothing. We go we do the cutoff and we go can't buy me. Go right into it. Yeah. Well, we do that's, that's you got to work that out. Yes. So we yeah. learn. It's like wow, these guys were so on it, man. Yeah. So yes, they were. So what do you think mm. was the most influential album that and they had and why ooh I see smoke ooh. coming out of ears <laughs> I see smoke and they're done <laughs> lights out you we knocked us them. out the, the lights so. have come down and we need the saxophone and the drums just to play uh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go I'm gonna just jump in Sergeant Pepper okay yeah I why think, do you think? Why do you think? Sorry, I'm sorry, uh -huh. Nathan, but why do you think? Oh, now I have to justify. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to justify. justify. I don't know enough. That's how we roll here. Oh, for, uh, let's let's make it easier. How was it most influential for you? Like, what about? No, that? I didn't say it was influential to me. I'm well, saying, I was making it easier on you, but I mean, if no, you think it's why? Why do you think that was the most influential album they had come out with? Here? Well, it was on a numerical yes scale. It was the one, that, the biggest selling album. Mm -hmm. And it uh, I, it had what the art the art oh yeah, yeah. first time lyrics appeared in mm -hmm. artwork mm -hmm. oh okay, mm -hmm. okay. all right to change things and then of course what they did sonically I mean didn't oh. they do didn't they do that album with three four track machines that they synchronized by doing layers and I mean technically speaking what they did on that album was ridiculous and they pulled it off one, th one thing I like to think about is can you imagine <clears throat> what they could have accomplished with today's technology oh, yeah. I mean don't even want to know I mean. Just with the tracks. effort, yeah, uh, with the effort that they had to go to, I, and, and, and the ingenuity they came up with. I wonder to if they would yeah. rail do what against they did. it. I wonder if they would rail against it. I don't like know. Keep, they want it would want to keep it the keep way it, the it old was. School way. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying that they wouldn't, because I know that Harrison, he that one of his videos where he talks about it. You know, the back in the days was the DX7. He oh. says, "I don't want the latest DX seven, DX three thousand, you know, <laughs> bells and whistles. You know, I mean, these these guys are just they were real musicians, artists. Yeah. yeah, it's not about the computer, and it's not about you know. Well, I tell you what, when you guys meet Paul, you ask him that question. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> I know he uses technology too. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. would y'all agree that Sgt. Pepper would be the most influential album that have come out with, or would you have a different take? I don't know. The Nathan, first Nathan. album that really mixed up the waters was Rubber Soul, is what that's I've always one. heard and read. That and is that's our mother's favorite album yeah, is, is Rubber Soul. Like if you asked her, she you know she would probably say Rubber Soul. I wonder Soul. what Dennis thinks about this. What do you think about it, Dennis? I was wondering when lunches. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of a stomach growl. Yeah. No, no, I, 
I kind of agree with Nathan that the turning point, I think, was Rubber Soul. Okay. And then yeah. hot on the heels of that was Revolver. And yeah. then the big time was Sgt. Pepper. Right. Okay. And it's worth mentioning Abbey Road is a great collection of songs and great That's orchestration, great sounds. And George mm-hmm. Harrison really finding his place as the songwriter of equal stature mm. to John and Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of good in Abbey Road. And okay. it's sort of like they knew it was their last chance and they had so much to offer and they put it together in a pretty magnificent album. Okay. Well, we touched on this a little bit already, but uh, I'm going to go into depth about it. How do you think that from when the Beatles first started to their last album, how do you think their music evolved and made different and was different? What do you think? That's a loaded question. Yeah. What are the differences that stood out to you? That because I mean they you know, reinvent, they, them, they almost reinvented themselves with almost every that's other what I'm album. Saying. Like I want to hear inventions. What so. you think? Uh, you know, set each album differently and what they evolved in, one to make better as they reached their final, or even to that concert on the roof. You know, yeah, you can go yeah. up to that point. Uh, you know, how do you think it evolved uh, to set it apart from when they first started to when they ended? Uh, when they first started, they were rock and roll musicians <laughs> playing simple chords, but they kept experimenting. And um, as it went on, they kept trying new chords, trying to, well, Paul especially. You know a song like Penny Lane? He is modulating all over the place, mm-hmm. and yet it sounds seamless. And when we're learning a new song like Penny Lane, sometimes I get mixed up where I am, and I'm like, guys, what key are we in? <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't even tell what key you're in because right. he's, he's so seamlessly moved. And he's going from major to minor mode, too, mm-hmm. which is really, yep. really, well... <laughs> That's a tough question. I, I think sonically... We know, only have two hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have been put to a stop. <laughs> no, I just sonically, um, in the sophistication of their arranging, which, I, again, George Martin was there to help them, but I, I know they had a lot to do with it. And um, like I really like what you said, uh, Brian, that... Because, I mean, I just feel for George. He, 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 had, a, he had his kiss. Mm-hmm. But I think being the youngest one... I think yeah. he, he got whacked down quite a bit. Yeah. Speaking of George Harrison, he that's a good example of, of how the music progressed. You know, he was studying all that Indian music, getting all that raga stuff, yeah. all those right. rhythms and stuff. Right. And I've heard it said, I think I think Paul said it, mm-hmm. that um, Here Comes the Sun couldn't have happened without George having studied all that Indian music because of the... the the part that goes da 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 da, you know that whole rhythmic yeah, the thing. That's thing. Going. The so that's yeah, an example yeah. right there. I think the model of a of any great uh, musician is that you look back over the span of their career and you can see that they've honed their craft. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I believe they're they're the model when it comes to yeah. looking at a group that really honed their craft over the course of their career. Yep. So yeah. I like what I, will, I like what you, I'm sorry I, if I interrupted you, but I like what you said. It kind of you know they were experimenting with the chords. Mm-hmm. It kind of humanizes them, you know, because you know when I think of Beatles, I, I think they're gods and what they have done to music. But when you think about it from when they started to where they ended, twist and shout. Yes, yeah, I yeah. mean, like you think yeah. of how simple it started. Yeah. You know, they were beginners at once. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. once too. Mm-hmm. So it, it can kind of influence people out there that are you know look up to the Beatles and be like, hey. They were they were simpletons at once, and then they, you yeah. know, made their craft better and better. As 
David likes to talk about how the Beatles were listening to the world, and he recognizes a lot of Latin influence in it. You know, another song that stands out to me is Tomorrow Never Knows. Mm -hmm. When John first came in with that song, literally, he was just playing one chord over and over and over again. And float downstream. Well, now they, I know we, they, they put a an eleven chord on top of that. Well, they, they, original chord, but they, this, it was originally he it's, was just on the one right. chord all well, the no, way and through. And they, they sustained that for the most part. They stayed on that pedal. But, but. I, I just want to add to it. Um, even though they did progress, even in their earliest stages, there even a song like "Please Please Me" with that progression of the the ending. Dun, bon, dun, 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 I mean. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that that's pretty creative. That's pretty yeah. cool, and yeah. and yeah. other songs like that as well. So, hey, what's, what's the song? This will blow your mind. Listening to the world, right? What's the song that the Beatles used to uh, to audition for George Martin? Blow your mind. I when I found out, found out, I said. I'm telling you they were listening to the world. All right, lay it on us. Bésame, bésame mucho. Como si fuera esta la última vez. Bésame. Wow. That's what they did. And it was rocking. Good Not, job. Good was, job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry that I get carried away. <laughs> but, I, but that confirmed to me what I've suspected all along. It's like these guys, because they were in Liverpool, which was a major shipping mm-hmm. port. Mm-hmm. So the world was coming in through that port, and okay. they were they were paying mm-hmm. attention. American records, yes, yes. yes. So them. we all know that some of the songs were influenced by <clears throat> drugs back in the sixties and the seventies. How do you how do you guys feel that the drugs influenced the albums? Like, what are your thoughts? Like. Lucy, well, I'm, isn't I, LSD Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? Well, isn't that? <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. Yeah. John Lennon said it was a, a schoolmate of his son's. Her name was Lucy, and Julian came home with a drawing, and he said, what's that? And he said, oh, it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So. You can go online and find that original painting that Julian did, actually. Oh, so, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Man. So I bet that auctions for a fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. it would. Yeah. So how do you think the drugs influenced their albums, their albums. and the way they wrote? I, I'm worried about how they're influencing us. <laughs> 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 that volume I took, I mean, good God. Uh, well, no. I, I have to, uh, personally, I, I'm, I can't say because I, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. very little experience with drugs mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. personal level, if at all. So do you think so. that they did, though? Like in the way they wrote yeah. songs, I can't, pa- I can't pass judgment because I don't know what drugs do to you. I mean, it, it, maybe knows. it does one thing to one person and kills another one. You know, mm-hmm. right. maybe it, it it stimulated their create their creativity in a way that I possibly personally could not know because I haven't gone there. That's a good way to think about yeah. it. Yeah, it yeah. certainly fit in with that whole psychedelic era mm-hmm. where they were willing to do things they might not have been willing to do had they not had that experience. Right. They were willing to write things, lyrics mm-hmm. maybe that they might not have had they not had those experiences. But again, I don't have any experience with drugs either, so I. Well, I mean, it just goes that. along with their ability to step out of their comfort zone, yeah, their right. entire career, yeah. on pretty much everything. Oh yeah, they, they were willing to try. They tried a yeah, lot, yeah, a of lot different of stuff. Things. Yeah, and the thing, you know, we getting back to the point that what are some of the things that within the context of the British invasion that set them apart? We cannot forget the importance of time, the time that they came, mm-hmm. and the changing of culture. Yeah, there was a change occurring. 
in the culture, right? I mean, Brian, you're, oh, yeah, you're in a much better position to, to talk about this. So, I mean, the 50s to the 60s, you were there. Yeah, I mean, the Beatles kind of represented the, a lot of the cultural change. And, yeah. You know, what they were mm-hmm. wearing, what they were um, playing. Sergeant Pepper sort of seemed like mm-hmm. there was an obvious explosion of all of this new way of seeing things and dressing and, and writing. But the real question is, like, does it help this? You know, how does it affect the music? How does it... You know, what is the music? Do you need to be drugged out to appreciate where the song is coming oh, from? Oh, no. You know, or, to, or to create the song. Yeah, yeah. 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 How much did it get involve the creation of the music? Yeah. You know, and to what extent does that make the music better or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, personally. It's very subjective. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, for me personally, you know, to tell me that, no, go ahead and drink some because, you know, you're laying in the pocket better. Look, I ain't buying it. No. Yeah. Personally, that's me. That's yeah. just David talking. Right. No, I don't want to be drunk because when I get drunk, I can't do anything. Yeah, much right. less do a complex thing like play the drums. <laughs> right. <laughs> what What's your favorite album cover? Just curious. Ooh. Out of all of them, hmm. I, I like Abbey Road. Okay. That's mine. That's mine too. I they love they just Road. turned a very simple, normal thing into this iconic place. It is. Yeah, they took a street and just and made just it made it iconic. iconic. And it even ridiculous. today, you can go online and there's an, a cam. Any <laughs> any time cam. of the day, yeah. a live cam is that showing look at that it. spot. That's but then, of course, that whole Paul is dead crazy. thing that made that album cover a lot of fun too. Yeah. Where yeah. it looks like they're coming out of a cemetery and one's dressed as the priest and one is the undertaker and one is the grave digger. Yeah. And one is the pa- the patient, the dead one, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> just twenty eight if on the license. I mean, they're just all that fun stuff. As a kid, I loved all that. Yeah, I like Sergeant Pepper because I like all the little um, iconic Hollywood people and political people that are interspersed yeah. oh, on yeah. the cover. Yeah, and yeah. Used to have fun. Oh, look that! That's Marilyn Monroe and look. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. And how? Cl- oh, and it's the Beatles actually looking down upon themselves. It's the. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, do you think that some of their lyrics uh, were too difficult to understand for some of those that were listening to them at the time? <laughs> you know, you, at the beginning, to me, I am the walrus. You, you had to be on drugs for that. You got to be on drugs for that. One. <laughs> Please explain that to me. We figured out where the drugs played a role. <laughs> all, all of Yellow Submarine. Oh, all so of true. Yellow Submarine. I mean, do you think, <coughs> and do, whatever do you happened think to it the mattered girl, at that point? Whatever happened to the girl that came in through the bathroom window? Yeah. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know. She got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. We still didn't do my idea of doing an album called Flabby Road. Flabby, Flabby Road. Road. Flabby Road. <laughs> oh, we can back you up on that one, brother. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. well, well, as listeners, do you think when you heard that song... Uh, and like like I am the walrus do you think that the lyrics were just do you think you, that you just enjoyed the Beatles too much to even care what the lyrics were saying or were you ch- trying to figure out like in some of those songs like I am the walrus right what was he talking about like like in come together like you know being walrus gumboot and whatever this well, stuff is like yeah. what's going on, being in the on song? to be honest being a drummer I, I just I tend to gravitate not to the drums necessarily, but to the music. And if I don't get those words right away, I'm like I'm not going to kill myself over it. Although I know these guys are way smarter and they pay attention to that. But I think the, th- the cool thing about th- that particular song is we were talking about the interesting, interesting harmonies that they would do. Oh yeah. And and uh, I mean, it's really 
that's John Lennon for you, right? Well, I think part of the story is that John Lennon was a Beatle who was very famous, and people were already listening to his lyrics and go, oh, look what that means, look yeah, what that... Right. And I'm one of the people who did listen to Strawberry Fields and see all the philosophical you know, implications. <laughs> and he, he intended it that. That yeah. was a serious oh. expression of something that he felt. But by the time Walrus came along, he was tired of getting interpreted and misinterpreted and reinterpreted, yeah. and he this really tried to do something <laughs> that would be so obtuse and crazy that nobody could possibly understand it. And that was his, his <laughs> answer to all of the English teachers yeah. who were trying to overanalyze his lyrics, and he deliberately made them nonsensical. <laughs> and by the way, one thing that's really important, I forgot to say, they were listening to music on Cret. So Stockhausen, those people from the classical world that uh -huh. were doing they were doing experiments with electronics. Yes. They were checking that out. Okay. So that stuff poured into their music. So that okay. weirdness that you get from some of that weirdness that you get from John Lennon and that, that you know, it's like not every day Revolution number nine. Yeah, that I kind mean, of stuff. Yeah, remember, let's not forget George Martin. Yeah. He was a classical yeah. guy. Yeah. But just so. to say, if you have to learn the lyrics to sing I Am the Walrus, <laughs> that's a challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, on Come Together, we decided to split it up, each one of us. Thank takes God. Some, takes yeah. a verse. Thank God. So you get a smaller section. <laughs> that's I just, just memorized this one. Here come old flat top. He comes grooving up slowly. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> done. I'm, I'm out. I'm out of here, man. And don't ask me to explain what that means. There's actually video of John performing Come Together and messing up the words. And at the end of it, he says, I've got to stop writing all those daft lyrics. <laughs> Oh, speaking of the word daft, now you just triggered, triggered another memory. John Lennon literally, what was the song where he wanted that vocal effect? Oh, um, <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So he tells, this is a true story. He tells uh, George Martin or the sound engineers, uh, sound Jeff engineer. Emmerich. Please, Jeff, Jeff Emmerich, Emmerich yeah. please hang me from, <laughs> please hang me from the rafters and swing me. <laughs> he literally did that. And he then, did that? Yeah, and George Harrison looked at him and says, are you daft? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't understand any anything about technology. He had no clue. Yeah. He was just this creative genius and he, he was looking for an effect and you know, he didn't know it could be done electronically. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's true that John asked for that, but but they didn't do it. No, no yeah. of course not. Yeah. And, and Harris is, are you are you crazy? I can't are you asked for that. That's crazy. That's crazy. By putting his voice through a Leslie Speaker, right? That's right. How they, right. How they got him what he wanted. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. wow. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Which is not unusual of him. What did what did he ask George Martin to do with uh, was it Strawberry Fields or with, with two different keys or Yeah, put those together. It, it, one know. was an acoustic version. Two different takes. Two different takes. Yeah. Explain explain that. That's well, ridiculous. Uh, me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to explain that? Well, there's two that? versions of it. One was done acoustically with a rhythm section, right? Yeah. And then the other part was the orchestral parts that you hear, but they were done in two different keys. And so, so he did both versions, and he says, you know, I like both of them. So he told George Martin. I like the end of one, but I like the beginning of the other. Right. And he just told George, make it work. Make, <laughs> make, make it wow. so. Make it so. And he walked yeah. away. And George Martin's sitting there going like, do you understand? And he didn't understand. No. He had no he clue. He had no clue what he no just clue. asked he for. Just, no, he had no clue. But unbelievably, amazing again, George Martin... They slowed one band and sped up the other. <laughs> and you can't tell. I have I have to feel like the technology 
question that I asked earlier would have come into play with George Martin more than it would anything else because it would have made his life so much easier. Oh, my God, yes. Because, I mean, a lot of the things they asked for and the ingenuity he had to come up with to make it happen yes. now would just be a plug-in. Well, <laughs> he, he did say, I did see a video of him sitting next to Giles, his son, when they were doing the love thing yeah. and watching the Pro Tools and the technology. And I remember him saying, oh, my God. It's putty. Music is t- t- today. Music is putty in your heart. You know, with a British accent, yeah. yeah. I can't do it. Meaning to say, the wonders that we could have done if we would have had that technology. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the Beatles were part of the innovation of getting. Is it ADT audio double, double tracking? tracking? Yeah. 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 Because they used to always go in and have to double their voices. They wanted to double that and get that sound. And I think was it Jeff Emmerich or one of those guys figured out if you just delayed the tape a little bit, yeah. you could get that doubled mm-hmm. effect. Okay. So and that's the, an and the flanging, flanging so effect. Why don't we do that? That would save our voices. <laughs> <laughs> you just solved the problem there. What's wrong with us? <laughs> okay, so we're, we're more old school than the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the music part, which that's why everyone is really watching. <laughs> um, what are some up uh, out uh, projects that y'all have that you want to share? Do you have any outside projects that you're working on that you want to let everybody know about right now? Go well, ahead, well, there is one, but it's it's not exactly a Wanna Beatles project. But of no, course, everything no. I do is Wanna well, Beatles. It connects to the medleys that were performing on stage. In that, Mickey Dolans and uh, the members of the Councils. And That's true. Dennis That's has true. had a chance to work with some of his idols that made music back in the '60s. That works in our set. Why don't you tell That's them true. about some of the? Well, things? just briefly, I'm working on. Uh, I actually have completed. A recording which is a tribute to the late Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, who wrote over 200 songs for his TV show. Love and Mr. Rogers. I've engaged various pop artists to do their versions of songs that he wrote, putting their stamp on it. And that includes, like Brian said, the Cowsills, who are. Uh, the prototype? Pro- yeah. Of the Partridge family? Yes. And, and we're doing a song by the Partridge. By, well, both the groups, actually, in our mm-hmm. medleys. So I got to work with these people, and the album's coming out on October 25th, and it's very exciting, and I got to work with people from uh, The Fifth Dimension, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis, oh, nice. and, uh, nice. and Mickey Dolan's was a dream come true. Yeah. I, yeah. And my favorite story about that is getting in the car to go to the airport to record with Mickey Dolan's. I turn on the, the radio, and last train to Clarksville comes on. Yeah, oh, oh, nice. nice. Okay, it's nice. a sign. It's a sign. <laughs> Absolutely, it's right. a sign. So, so uh, share with everybody where they can find information on you and how they can go see future shows and everything. Oh, well, you can go to thewannabeatles.com. That that should get. But make sure you have the word "the" in it. Otherwise, the. it takes you to some group in Norway. In Norway, <laughs> with with a single page, it's blank. <laughs> so you you go to thewannabeatles.com. Right. You have a Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yes. go to their Facebook oh, and, uh, and follow we, them on their and Facebook. And we have Twitter and we have um, Instagram. We don't use go. them, but we have them. <laughs> no, I, I do. I I'm, I pay attention to them. So you, they can find information on you on those as well, oh, and they can follow you and absolutely. look at the pictures and songs. Absolutely. So there you go. You can find them on any of the social medias. You can find them at, at thewannabeatles.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to cut for one second, and then we're going to go straight to what everybody really wants, the and that's music. to hear the Wanna Beatles. We want to thank y'all so much for thank agreeing you. to be on our show. You've really made our year. This has been awesome, man. I love it. For so long. I mean, you're very humble and modest but really 
you you carry on what carrying the torch carrying the torch (laughs) (laughs) and you play it to perfection and we love y'all for it thank y'all so much for being on the show so we're going to cut out for a second and when we come back we're going to go right into their music thank y'all so much for joining us we're the eclectic collective i'm matt i'm micah i'm jim thank y'all so much stay Stay eclectic eclectic. stay eclectic out of here Hello, everyone out there. We are the Eclectic Collective, and we have something special for you on your lunch break. We have a group here who comes across the lake to bring you music that changed the way we look at pop and rock music. Honoring the Fab Four, this group carries on hits from albums such as Abbey Road, Rubber Soul, Revolver, and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the Wanna Beatles. It was all about the music.
USSR.
Go to their website, thewannabeatles.com. Follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go see a live show. It's nothing like you've ever seen. Guys, thank y'all so much for being on our show. Thank you, man. The Wanna Beatles forever. Stay eclectic. <laughs>